What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 74 of Poor 360. I am your host, Andrew Porter. Thank you for joining me here on another Tuesday. Now, I have recorded this episode in advance. Um, I'm actually recording it on last Tuesday as you're listening to this. Uh, this is actually a road show, so if you notice an audio quality difference because I'm not using my microphone, I'm going through my computer's mic and all of that setup, so... I apologize if the audio is not where it typically is, but I wanted to bring this episode out kind of held up here because, uh, unfortunately, my hotel room didn't have internet. They've been having internet issues the whole evening I've been here, and I thought, well, I can't do any work, and I've done all the stuff I can do without the internet, so let's just podcast. So then I would recount um, my recent travels. And uh, kind of share my experience and kind of how this ties into what's going on in the world. So I have just, I'm currently uh, in the Minneapolis area for work. Uh, flew in uh, fairly early this morning and then I fly out uh, fairly, well, around dinner time tomorrow. I have a five o'clock flight, so I'll get in, yeah, late dinner time. But uh, thought I would. Um, but this also comes just yesterday's uh, or last Monday. I returned from a trip to uh, Portland, Oregon. I flew to Portland uh, for a friend's wedding. Uh, they kept it very small, but uh, some of my closest friends, and they were doing it um, like a crowd of like twenty people. Uh, mask as social distance they can be. It was very low-key. It was just uh, a way to celebrate because they didn't want to put their... They're going to have like a proper reception all of that next year when things are hopefully better, but they didn't want to put off actually being married, and I can commend them for that. And uh, I've never been that far west before, so it was an interesting trip. Obviously, since I'm from the Chicago area, it was a four-hour flight, which was awful. Um... My wife and I did get lucky though because the uh, we were originally stuck in a full row um, because uh, American decided not to um, kind of stagger it out. Like I've flown recently, I've talked about it before. How sometimes they'd let you board and then they would uh, kind of divvy you up amongst your party to make sure there wasn't too many people in consistent rows together. Things appear to be getting better enough there. Don't feel the need to do that anymore. So. That, for the most part, was left as is, but after we were kind of situated and they did, everyone was boarded and they were starting to close up, I kind of flagged a flight attendant down and, um, based, and non-verbally, basically, um, kind of made a, like a gesture, and then he pointed at a row that was empty, and so my wife and I went up there, wiped down the seat, did the whole rigmarole again that we did when we boarded. And then ended up with the row to ourselves just behind the uh, exit row. Exit rows were also open, but they were being kind of sticklers about can't sit in the exit row unless you paid for the exit row, even though there was no one else on the plane that wouldn't have mattered. But it is what it is. Better than having to sit in a row with three people. Uh, flight went pretty smoothly. Um, 
watched um, Schitt's Creek was a new show my wife and I are watching, which actually the friends in Portland that uh, got married recommended to us. And so we watched a few episodes of that as, long, as well as F is for Family because you can download Netflix for the airplane. So we did that. And about three-fourths of the way uh, into the trip, um, yeah, three-quarters, um, yeah, tor- towards the end of the trip, I will say, could start smelling, kind of smell like smoke, which was not what you want to smell when you're on an airplane. And um, we knew going in that, obviously, out on the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington, that there are some pretty serious wildfires happening. Um, actually, um, ties into my last episode, which was on these gender reveal parties. So it was one of the major ones was caused by that, and obviously, very dry conditions. Some has been caused by like lightning and stuff like that. So we kind of were flying through somewhat, pretty much smoke um, up in the sky. So we're looking at the window, just kind of was like a yellowy, um, amberish color. Um, but it was starting to get late because it was an evening flight, so um, it just kind of seemed more dark gray than anything. Um, but yeah, so that was interesting, and thankfully it wasn't like uh, plain troubles that was the smoke smell. It was just the outside, which also not great because you're already in a mask, and now the air is even more compromised. But we got in, and... Um, Went to the rental car and then drove from the airport to our Airbnb was in Portland because just there was the hotel situations always fun and um, kind of expensive just given the area in there Airbnb was cheaper and it was in um, someone's essentially they converted their garage into like an apartment like a studio so it had bathroom with a shower it had a kitchen sink all of the whole whole works. It was just all kind of be like a studio apartment. And thankfully, even though um, it's been really hot on the West Coast, and especially in Oregon, it's been like in the 90s, they're not big on air conditioning. So this place didn't have air conditioning, and I'm a very um, warm-blooded person. I will sweat at the drop of a hat if the temperature is a little high. But thankfully, because of the smoke and all of that, the sun wasn't penetrating as much, which uh, led to kind of um, colder temperatures. It was really in the 70s um, and cool overnight temperatures. It felt very fall. And with that smoke smell, it kind of felt like you were kind of had camping vibes from you went outside. It was just cold air. You could smell smoke. It was just kind of that vibe. Um, Airbnb was a great experience. Um, they had Netflix on there. like So got to kind of watch that stuff and... Um, it's kind of a better option because out in Portland things they're a little weird and like some of the Airbnbs looking at like one was like solar uh, powered which is can be if especially with conditions we were having one had a composting toilet which I'm very apprehensive to use and then one had chickens that just kind of roamed around and they had like tiny houses so this was the most normalish one even if it was in someone's and we wanted to have our own entrance exit not really ever have to interact with the with the owners or the hosts of the Airbnb. And we pretty much didn't. I remember just seeing uh, the guy in his truck and then their child out in the front yard when we were leaving uh, to go somewhere. So very low interaction, which is kind of what you want. Kind of like an Uber drive. You want to be friendly, but you really you don't want to talk too much. 
So once we were, and I know I also went to Portland, and Portland's also in the news with a lot of unrest. Um, there's been riots, protests, all of that. Um, it, the way you would see it if you're watching the news is that, oh, Portland is on fire right now. And I can speak from now experience that um, when this marriage, I wasn't like exactly where it was happening. So I know it's not the whole city, but certain blocks, I believe, are still having their difficulties and are still very much active. And we definitely avoided that just out of safety. But it definitely otherwise felt very much like business as usual. There is a lot of activism out there. Um, just down the street um, from our Airbnb, there was um, not quite a construction site, but there was like, um, looked like something that had been torn down. So it was just big, like square lot of dirt with a fence around it. And every it was like a chain link fence uh, to keep from going in there. Uh, and each, all across the fence, there was um, Black Lives Matter. Um, signage like um, saw a lot with uh, George Floyd's uh, face or silhouette uh, a lot of uh, message regarding that a lot of uh, like defunding the police um, there was a um, couple um, people near the sign holding signs themselves just raising support it was all very civil with uh, what I was seeing there. Um, there was um, some other signs that were a little more extreme. Um, it was um, it was like fire tear gas teddy, I believe, which maybe the mayor or the police chief, I'm not exactly sure. Um, there was some, I saw some defund the police. I saw one, like on one mailbox, or like one tree, I believe, they had defund the police, and then like the next tree on their lot said, and reinvest in like social services and all that kind of stuff. And um, a lot of general Black Lives Matter stuff, which was good to see, and it wasn't, it was very uh, positive, it wasn't um, kind of how it was being conveyed in the media. And it was, uh, it was nice to actually get to exceed in person. Obviously, I didn't drive down to where the major protests are happening, which it has expanded. Like, I believe um, it used to be confined to one spot, and now in the past uh, few weeks, it has broken down into other, like, small pockets, little satellite setups um, that are happening in front of other important buildings. Uh, I did see some uh, businesses, like, I believe I saw Whole Foods that had uh, some windows boarded up because um, the, the wife and I went to a, a popular uh, local fish store out there that like ships internationally and a couple of the people that I watch on YouTube recommended. So I got to walk through there. Obviously I couldn't buy anything because I can't transport fish, but I ended up buying some, uh, just a, just a random aquarium item that I needed that was nice, but they were good. And obviously with everything still going on with COVID, there was protocols like waiting in line outside to make sure that the capacity inside was met, um, wearing masks, all of that. But, with the smoke and everything, it was still good. The air quality wasn't great, so a lot of businesses kept their doors closed and just kind of um, had those kind of procedures happening, but didn't experience any um, kind of crazy shenanigans. I did witness uh, how COVID was handling farmers markets out there, which I thought was kind of interesting. So 
Because like I can't when uh, we kind of came upon it because um, we had some time to kill because there was senior hours at that fish store. So we had 20 minutes. So we kind of went in a grocery store, and then when it came out, there was this big um, like panel truck, um, kind of like one that would be like for like a big U-Haul type truck. And there were people lined up in front, and there were tables. So basically, how it was, all of the farmers market items, at least the way I um, saw it. I didn't really want to be in the way or kind of be awkward, but it looks like everything was on the truck. People lined up, kind of went up, said what they were looking for. The person went and grabbed that out of the truck, brought it over. They said, yay, nay, all that. And then it kind of went back. So it was people just handling items. It was very, very just unusual. I kind of thought it was like a, like a food kit or something. I thought it was something kind of like that, but the people that were there didn't fit that kind of description. So it did appear to be a farmer's market. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, definitely a lot of, um, hipstery things, a lot of coffee shops, including like this little, like tin stack stand that someone had like, like almost like a pop-up coffee shop that was just like essentially a shed that someone converted that was called, that had like a little sign that looked like a, basically someone saying pointing like at a garage so that said sexy coffee. And I was like, well, that's something, but a ton of coffee shops, ton of dispensaries and a ton of homeless people was kind of how I can describe um, driving through Portland. Um, went to a uh, very famous uh, donut place called Voodoo Donuts, which was great. Um, Liz and I bought Voodoo dolls. I also got um, a uh, donut called the Butterfinger, which was like a cake donut with like Butterfinger stuff crumbled on top and then like caramel drizzle. It was really good. Um, Voodoo Donut Man was also really good. Jelly filled. Um, very sweet, very delicious. Uh, Liz got like an old fashioned donut from them as well as the uh, the Homer, which is like, it looks just like the donut from the Simpsons that they always use for everything, like with the pink frosting and looked good. I didn't get to try it. Um, there was a third donut I got, but I don't remember what it was now. Um, there's also like a, a kind of a famous one there called the cock and balls, which is just a giant, essentially a penis shaped donut that had a cream filling, which is just uncomfortable as hell. Um, but didn't see it until after I got our donuts and not like Liz and I were going to get one of those anyway, but it was very unusual, but still kind of an enjoyable experience. I uh, got to try a ton of different, uh, craft beers because their wedding was actually a tap house that they were able to close for the for the wedding so we could kind of help set it up and kind of do the best we could with uh with the setup for the wedding ceremony and they had set up a live stream too so uh their family and friends that they didn't invite or didn't want to do because there was a such a, a limited capacity i think of like 25 people um that they're still able to see them get married which was really nice we got to try a different, bunch of different craft beers because they have a ton of breweries in the Portland area, a ton of bars that we saw, but um, some are closed and some we just don't want to experience because it was cold and smoky outside, and so outside dining was kind of weird and inside dining was weird too, so we just kind of limited as much as possible. So luckily, um, we ended up kind of getting, like picking up food a lot or kind of doing what we could um, with di inside dining. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, an experience on that Saturday. And then 
Sunday we chose to um, drive um, from Portland uh, to the coast. So we drove to, it's called Cannon Beach. It was about an hour and a half uh, from Portland proper, kind of up through the mountains um, to this beach. And it was, um, we were initially worried because obviously with the wildfires, you're going to be driving through winding roads, a lot of trees, um, wasn't sure if there's any wildfires, but we kind of did some digging and some other of our friends that were there did and so that it, it was safe there. And actually during the drive, which was beautiful, I was getting a lot of vibes from Twin Peaks and um, it, was, it was just a lot of like, there was fog and there was many stories high, tr like pine trees. And it was, well, got to be able to pull off in some overlooks, but because there was still some smoke, and the fog, because of it's cold, we couldn't have a ton of visibility. And then um, when we finally did make it to Cannon Beach, it was more popular than I was expecting for a Sunday in September. Um, but still got to, um, it was kind of just a beach town, a lot of like riverfront, um, like hotels and stuff like that. And just a big wide open beach. But um, because of the smoke kind of mixed with the fog, it was very low visibility. So um, you really can only see maybe 10 feet around you. So it's really unusual because, like, go to the edge, like, overlooking the beach from, like, this kind of, um, like, man-made cliff. And it just looks like sand and then nothingness. But uh, so we kind of had to walk and basically find the ocean by following sound, hearing that the waves um, kind of crashing into the sand or the beach. So I have some pictures of it, and I can uh, share it to anyone who's interested. But at one point, you're just like sand below you that's wet and uh, can't see the ocean. Look back, you can't see the beach or the shore or any of that or, like, other people. So it just felt like I was in, like purgatory or the afterlife it's like um people who are journeying like big journey comics fans would get this in x-men 2 when they land um to find gene and scott and it's just like the dry lake bed and it's just foggy and like there's kind of like stuff floating around and it sounds kind of weird that's kind of how it felt um, I literally couldn't see a soul, and all of a sudden, like, someone would just, like, walk in front of or behind you or to the side. Like, at one point, we, like, saw a person and their dog, and then, but otherwise, it was just, like, quiet and kind of, like, a whiteout conditions. It was very weird, and then we made it to the, the, the ocean. So I got to foot my feet in the Pacific Ocean for the first time, which was a a wonderful experience and it was uh it was very nice and like we walked along the shoreline and um i found like a sand dollar which i unfortunately broke up when i was in my pocket because that kind of stuff is so fragile and i should have just carried it or had it like and put it in like a front pocket or something that it just wasn't going to get bumped around as i was going about my day but it was it was definitely an experience. It was very cold, so like my feet were freezing because when I planned for this trip, it said it was going to be in the 80s and sunny and 
didn't take into account the fact that the smoke basically drove temperatures down. So I had only shorts and t-shirts aside from the stuff I was wearing to the wedding. So I was on a beach that was chilly in water that was frigid in like short sandals and a t-shirt. So luckily toes didn't fall off. Uh, wife and I did watch like Mr. Deeds there. So I was joking a lot about getting the Blackfoot from it. But um, I remember that and then we got to kind of go see some of the other uh, side There's like this big cliff rock thing that puffins apparently go to um, at some point during the year. It wasn't when we were there, but they got blocked off, but it's still this big mammoth thing. And with the fog and the smoke, it kind of rides, drive, rises out of the fog, like a, one of those things from Avatar. But it, it was definitely an experience. And um, it was very um, liberal in terms of the viewpoints. There was a lot of uh, interesting um, attire. There was a lot of activism, like I said before. One of the uh, best things I saw when I was at Cannon Beach was that there was a place called uh, the Screw and Brew, um, which, and I kid you not, it was half hardware store, half bar. So literally, I could go in there, get some screws, or like a tape measure, or uh, a level, or some other random thing i remember seeing a bunch of like door components like hinges locks all that stuff and i could go and check out get a pint drink that then go about my business like it was the most bizarre place and it's never thought a place like that existed and now i want one closer to home because that's that's what i would love to have is like you get there stressed out from a project you're working on you're to get a couple more items you have a drink you talk about it with the bartender and the people there that are probably also handy guys and get some advice from them pick up the stuff you need to head back and continue on your project feeling a little bit better look obviously don't drink and drive or do all that crazy stuff but sometimes you just want like just a beer to kind of take the edge off and get some good advice from some guys who probably know what they're doing or ladies i'm not uh not discounting that fact um but definitely thought it was great and i asked the owner like where this idea from and apparently it, they got it from germany which awesome for the germans there that is a cool idea Hope someone opens one in my neck of the woods. Maybe that's what I should do. No, I definitely don't want to try and open a small business right now, especially a business that demands that people come inside. Yeah, not even a little bit. But still definitely a cool thing to see. So that was my, my Sunday of my trip. Uh, I had to drive back through all those trees and woods and hills and windy roads at night, which was not as fun. But experience got made it back safe and sound and got to our flight flew on another different airline and flew on alaska which for the first time which was probably one of the favorite planes airlines i've been with seats were super roomy the seats had power um they had made it so that the middle row on the plane was not sold so regardless there's only two people in each row and sometimes it's just yourself. Like I saw some people just had that whole road to themselves and they were able to get sleep that whole four hours laying across it flat. Uh, so my wife and I obviously had the road to ourselves again, which is perfect because you sometimes you just don't want, especially with COVID and all that, you don't want to fly with randoms in your row, in your space. And made it back. Had some unfortunate stuff happen at home, which I won't talk about here, but I may talk about 
later for some stuff I might be doing with adulting uh, and easy kind of stuff we're doing with that, but it was uh, definitely interesting. Um, it was uh, it was interesting to be in Portland and be able to separate it from the the chaos that it's being appeared to be online. And it was like when I um, like I'm now in Minneapolis, where obviously was the kind of the heart of the Black Lives Matter movement of the last few months, and it also was on fire. I didn't drive through downtown uh, Minneapolis, but uh, did so much of that. I did see uh, driving so that where I'm working is about an hour northwest of Minneapolis, and a lot of farmland, a lot of small town uh, life. So I did get to see, uh, I did see a lot of Trump flags, or not, you know, Trump flags, Trump signs, all that stuff. But that was to be expected. But didn't see, I don't think I saw a single Trump thing in Portland, or even driving out in the boonies from Portland. So Oregon seems to very much uh, not care for Trump. Which I, I guess is good, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Portland and the Oregon as a state was going to go Biden anyway, unless I'm mistaken. Could just be that Portland and the other liberal cities within the state uh, would sway it, but I, I don't know for sure. But it was definitely uh, an experience. I did want to talk about it while it was fresh, um, and I was in a good mood. And when you're kind of when you're traveling, there's not you don't have the same ability to do a lot of stuff that can normally distract you um, from anything. So. It was either a podcast or watch TV in bed, and I thought, why not give you guys a podcast where I can give you some insights into my experience going into a city that is framed a lot in the public right now, is either being on fire because of the wildfires or on fire because of the protests, and I can attest that it is very much not on fire, but it is still a place that you want to um, be safe, be careful, and... Um, just kind of be a good citizen. And I think that is where I will wrap up uh, this week's show. Um, I got to make sure I do all the fun bells and whistles after the fact to get it over to Nate. But since I don't have internet, I can't do it right away like I typically would. So I got to make sure I do that tomorrow once I get back to a land of internet or maybe at the airport. It'll be interesting. But I do like doing these road shows. I'm, I am set to travel more this year. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to come back to Buffalo, which, which is where I'm working, uh, Buffalo, Minnesota, um, in the next few weeks. And then I know in mid-October, I'm going to have to go to South Carolina for more fun work stuff. And definitely no more fun travel, I think, for the rest of the year that, whew, sorry, big yawn, that I'm aware of yet. But yeah, that I think is where I will leave it. Uh, but definitely stay tuned. Uh, this is episode 74, which means next week or the next episode will be 75. And then we're going to take a bit of a hiatus. I've decided that I don't think 436 is going to end. It might just make um, specials here and there in response to major events. Because um, obviously I've ended it at 75, which would end it before October really gets started or kind of in the beginning of October, that would get us, it wouldn't have good uh, feedback based on presidential debates or the election itself. So 
there definitely will be um, response to that. So maybe I will be uh, instead of focusing on um, the news topics, uh, maybe I'll do responses to like say coming that'll drop something like the next day or within the week of like a debate. Um, my thoughts, feedback from watching the debate, um, things I think both candidates did good, things that I think both candidates did poorly. Maybe just do like, um, kind of like, not quite a recap, but just a, um, yeah, just more of like a review and just kind of a response and just kind of give my own two cents. And then obviously, um, Leading up to the election, maybe we'll do something live. Uh, it all kind of depends on what's going on in the general feel. Um, and then we'll see kind of based on who wins, what the next few weeks are being. Because obviously, uh, if Trump wins come November 4th, even if there's able to be uh, a declared winner on November 4th, because with the the post office being what's going on, even though it has gone kind of quiet, at least it's not seemed to be at the forefront of news with the wildfires. It's now the not as newsworthy. Um, there might be too many mail-in ballots not accounted for that. They might not be able to dare declare a winner officially on the night. Like they typically would. That's something that if it's looking one way or the other, um, we could see how the mail-in vote will be either a, accounted for, not accounted for, or tried to be conveyed as maybe not as fraud or whatever, and maybe someone's going to declare themselves the victor prematurely. Who's to say? Um, but I know if Trump wins, we won't um, we won't stop hearing about it from everyone. And if Trump loses, I don't think we'll stop hearing about it from Trump himself. Um but that will definitely be something that will be discussed a lot. And but I think we'll we're shooting now for doing a supercast for seventy five. Um, whenever we can get that coordinated, and then yeah, then four three six. I think will just exist as more specials. We'll still keep the four three six title and numbering, but it probably will cease to be a uh, weekly by weekly show. It'll probably just come out as needed, which is definitely something I can get behind. And then. Fill in that void so you can still get your feel uh, for myself talking, which you've probably been missing with the whole foodies thing. Um, adulting will be back in some capacity with me um, offering tips, experience, comments, um, either solo uh, with my wife or with guests. Just talking about things that aren't uh, politics, government, news in general. But I think that is where I'll leave you. We're kind of right at that um, 30-ish minute mark for the episode which is that great commute length um didn't want to go too long today didn't want to go too short either because i feel like when you, if you pull up a podcast and it's like 15 20 minutes you're like ah, if i'm like driving to work i'm gonna finish it halfway through but nice 30 you're gonna be close to finishing it and i think that's where it'll leave it so that will do it for episode 74 for 360 i have been your host andrew poor and you guys have a great week